This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Homer, the learn-to-read app for kids 2 to 8 that is not only fun for kids, but with just 15 minutes a day of use, it's proven to increase reading scores by 74%. Sign up now at learnwithhomer.com slash Spawned, and Spawned listeners get a two-month free trial. That's learnwithhomer.com slash Spawned. Welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumpener. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPics.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we're going to be talking about indoor play. Now, that could be taken a couple of we ways. We need more play <laughs> in our lives, for sure, these days. So I'm really glad we're handling this topic. I know. And you know what? The weather is getting cooler, but our kids still need to stay active and busy. So we've got play expert Meredith Sinclair. She is going to be joining us to help keep things fun. And of course, we will end our show, as we always do, with our cool picks of the week. And now, for our listeners who don't know Meredith, and what? I just thought everyone knows Meredith by now. Yeah, but whatever. Um, she's amazing. Yes. She's an elegant. Based mom, a former elementary school teacher with a master's in education, and she is a play guru. Is that the best job or what? I don't know if there's any better job than that. I can't think of it. I know, it's really cool. So she's the (laughs) author of Well Played, The Ultimate Guide to Awakening Your Family's Playful Spirit, but you probably know her best as a regular family lifestyle contributor to the Today Show and Home and Family from appearances on like Steve Harvey and Meredith Vera Show. And today, Unspawned, most importantly. And we should mention that we're actually in this book, but we are not biased. We still like it. <laughs> it's great, especially the part we're in. Right, Meredith? <laughs> hey, guys. I am so excited to be here. I, thanks for that incredible introduction, too. You said everyone knows me. I don't know that everyone knows me, but I hope if they know me, they know that it is, for me, all about play and playfulness and just sort of spreading that the gospel of play, and um, especially in these days, man, where the world feels crazy and unpredictable, it's playfulness, you know, really brings us together. So that's huge. So, you know, all this time that we've known you, and we've known you for many years, yeah. back when you were not quite so famous, but always, right. always playful. How did you decide to be a play expert? Like, how do you sit down and go, I'm going to be a play expert? Because really, that is a dream job title. <laughs> it is. And I'll tell you, it's actually kind of a fun story. So I started out blogging way back when we all were, you know, mom bloggers, we were just called mom bloggers. <laughs> a lot of us were blogging about our daily lives as moms. And, and that's what I started out doing. And I was living in Chicago at the time. And my blog got picked up by Chicago parent magazine because they had a new editor who wanted this new thing called blogging on her website. (laughs) The new thing. Yeah. (laughs) I started, (laughs) I started doing that and some video blogging, but you know, as my kids got a little bit older, I decided that I really needed to find what my niche was going to be in this big blogosphere of moms. And I knew that I wanted to write about more than just my daily life with kids. So being an elementary school teacher, as you said, you know, I always was looking at parenting and raising my kids from a bit of an educational bend. I think that's just natural for anyone who has studied education and child development. Yeah. I was trying to figure it out. Do I want to talk about education? Do I? And I started doing like mom fashion. I've dabbled in all this stuff. But then I went to a mom social media conference called Blistem. Do you guys remember Blistem, yeah, right? Sure. <laughs> of course. And there was a keynote speaker named Kevin Carroll. It was this one Blistem that I went to. He had written a book called The Rules of the Red Rubber Ball. And his whole job was to go into corporate America and 
and get these businesses to connect through play and playfulness. And it was literally like, not to overuse the term, the aha moment that everybody (laughs) uses now, but it, it literally was that for me. I was sitting in the audience and I started to get emotional. Tears came to my eyes. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what parents need. And this is what I'd seen in my classroom over and over again, because I had been using play to connect with my students, with my kids, and it just all came together. And so I went back you know, from that conference and started devouring everything I could find on play research for our brains, our well-being, and how mm-hmm. does it really affect us as human beings. So I did a lot of research and reading and talking to people and interviewing people. It just became what I was passionate about. And then from there, it was easy. So all of my writing sort of shifted uh, because what I wanted to ultimately show and share was that this thing called play that we think is just for kids and that's just frivolous is super powerful for not only kids, but our relationships with them, our relationships with each other. And so for me, that just became the thread that I wanted to weave through everything I did. Wow. That's it. Well, we can appreciate the data nerd aspect of that, right, Liz? I <laughs> Absolutely. Mean, listen, I was a music therapist. I completely believe in the power of play therapy. And certainly you have struck a chord because you're appearing everywhere. We're seeing your book, we're seeing your blog posts. And I think that this idea of having fun and connecting through something that's enjoyable definitely resonates. What was shocking to me was as I started talking to parenting groups, preschool groups, women at these social media conferences, people would come up to me afterward, literally emotional saying, oh my gosh, I'm not playing in my life. I'm not playing with my children. I'm managing them. In the whole introduction of my book, I talk about being that exact same parent. That's what I was doing when they were little. I became this control freak, this sort of anxious control freak with my little kids. Like if I just control the situation and manage them, everything will be okay. And when you do that, you leave no room for spontaneity and playfulness for yourself to jump into. Yeah, that's not so fun. It's not so fun, but but we feel like as the leaders of the play party, we need to sort of control it all, you know, and manage it so that it stays controlled, you know, for our kids. Yeah, it has really struck a chord with people. In my book, too, I, I talk about how to get play back in our own lives as adults. And I give parents some tools to be able to sort of regress a little bit and the permission to do that, the results and what people are telling me, how it's making them feel and connecting with their kids and even with their own partners or their friends has been really astonishing to me. I think one of the things that I really connected with with the book and I I loved it and I'm glad you're here because it gave me a chance to kind of reread it again. It's just (laughs) so good. It really is. It's so good. (laughs) And I love that, first of all, you're not Pollyanna-ish about this at all. You know, you say things like, going vroom, vroom, vroom with matchback cars makes you want to stab yourself in the eyes with forks (laughs) after like the 50th time that day. So I like that you're very realistic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you kind of set up the premise in the book that your home needs to be play ready. Mm -hmm. And you have really common sense, smart tips for this because obviously that doesn't mean toys in every corner. Like I have a neighbor, we call them the toy house. (laughs) You go into their apartment and there's like toys in every single corner. It's taken over the whole place. And it's like my kids love going up there. But you know, we can't all live like that. So what does it mean to have a home in a realistic way that's play ready? Well, that's a great question. So like the first section of my whole book is called Your Playground. And that is all about setting up a playful space. There are people who are totally okay with the 
chaos, the toy debris everywhere. But as a, an educator, having classrooms and you know, having my own little boys, I don't think that that's necessarily the most effective thing for even kids and their play. And parents can very quickly resent that. It can be overwhelming, right? Like when yes. it, there's literally everywhere you look, there's 800 yeah. different choices. It like, makes me crazy. I have trouble just in like the toy aisle of Target. So I can imagine <laughs> having it like all over your house. Yeah. And I'm an adult. And I don't think it's necessarily the best thing for kids either, but that's a whole different thing. You asked me some tips. So here's one thing that I always talk about is pre-production, right? So hmm. setting up things in your home that invite playfulness, but that also leave room for clarity and for thinking and for their own creativity. Sometimes when things are so cluttered and chaotic, visually even, it, it, it's too much. Kids can't think clearly. Parents can't think clearly. And again, parents can be very resentful about the whole thing. So what would be an example of being ready but having flexibility? Like, would that be like having a train table, but it's not all set up? Or does that mean just having crayons around? Like, what Like, what do you I mean? I was trying to think of my house, too. Like, is it a Lego corner? You know, because we have a small space-ish. Mm -hmm. Liz is a smaller space. And I was just thinking, Yeah, I okay. still can't call your place a small space, but, you know... I'm an apartment yeah, lover. I know. Well, compared to where I live in the burbs, it's a small space. But like, <laughs> is it a, a corner of a room? Like, what are you talking about? Give us some. Yeah. Give us some ways, because you know what? I'm going to go downstairs and do it after we're done. So help I know. A girl me out. too. <laughs> well, I think it's a couple things. So if you have a designated space, like if you have a home that does have a playroom or a basement, if you have that, that's awesome. But not everybody has that, right? So I talk about things in a book like, first of all, like a creativity cupboard. And that could be a drawer. That could be an art cart. I have right now an art cart that's our sort of creativity hub. And things can all live there. And I can switch those out. I think a closet or even a shelf of a closet where that you're designating that these are, you know, supplies and things that can invite playfulness. And I, I can talk about play crates. This is another tip that parents have Ooh. said they've loved. We had a guest on, an organizer and she told us about doing a homework hub. So now I think this is a great lead-in. So we've got the homework hub and then we have the creativity cupboard yeah. because then kids know. It's all alliterative too. It is. I makes love me like it even more. I love alliteration and I say that in my book too. I'm like, if you don't like alliteration, you're really going to struggle reading this yeah. book. Craft closet, <laughs> it's homework everywhere. hub, and play positioning. Creativity <laughs> yeah, cupboard. I like creativity cupboard. Creativity cupboard. And actually I have that. So I'm glad. We have like kind of the bottom half of a IKEA shelving unit with doors on it, although they don't close. So that's the that's where <laughs> I'm halfway not there. Is that it's completely packed? That's all their craft stuff is in there. But it's so overwhelming that actually I said to my kids this weekend, our plan is to go through it and get rid of the stuff we don't use anymore. Uh, and you know what, kids actually, as much as they'll like roll their eyes, like I have to like help you organize this, it actually is really good for kids to do it with you. Like when we're talking about indoor play and pre production for the cold months. And if you can break it down into little nuggets, like not say open up the doors and like, here we go, we're all jumping <laughs> in together. But like, be like, okay, well, you're going to take this piece of this and I'm going to take this piece. And we're going to talk about what we use, what we don't use, how we want to organize this. Kids do like to be able to be creative and have mess, but also to be able to put it away and know where it is and be able to get at it again in a very organized and sort of visually lovely way. They do enjoy that. Whether they can verbalize that or not, it actually helps them to organize their own creativity. So my tip is to sort of 
now before it gets bad, <laughs> go on, <laughs> yes. go on Pinterest with your kids. I, t- I had this whole section in my book about how to do Pinterest with your kids so that it's not uh-huh. overwhelming and to pick maybe five projects that they think would be really fun for when it gets cold. And then you get either Ziploc bags or dollar store, plastic bins, shoe boxes, any way to organize the, the materials for those five projects that you're going to have in your arsenal for when things get crazy and cold. And then now you go out, you go to your dollar store, you go to your craft store and you buy those supplies and make it easy. And even if these aren't DIY things, I'm thinking about for older kids, it might be DIY things, but for younger kids, novelty is everything. You can take their toys that they have now. And if they're not playing with them, take them away, put them in a different (laughs) bin, re sort of organize and reshape, maybe add a few things, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And then when you need them in the winter time, you can pull those out as this major awesome surprise. And suddenly it's novel and it's new. I want to put a fine point on that because that is seriously one of the best tips I ever got when my kids were little, you know, when they would get all these craft kits and stuff for their birthday, I would just immediately hide like 80% of it because Mm -hmm. then I could swap things out and it became new and exciting. And to add to that, you know, we were talking about cleaning up the clutter. One of the bonus is discovery that my 10 year old who does not like cleaning up, unlike her sister who loves organizing Sage, she loves cleaning up now because I remind her like, Hey, remember last time we cleaned up and you found that cool loom or you found this Lego minifig you forgot about. So there's always something new and exciting that she'll discover in the chaos. (laughs) So, I really love the idea of switching stuff out and having your kids help you with that. Yeah. When you were talking about the house where everything's just out and visible all the time, when everything's special, then nothing is. I think that's a quote from The Incredibles. That's great. And it it becomes, especially with younger kids, when I was teaching, you know, second grade and I was teaching preschool, they love the element of surprise and novelty. Yes. And it doesn't take much (laughs) to sort of create that, you know, with even things they have. So I'd like to kind of switch gears for a minute because Mm -hmm. we all know that we should be giving our kids loads of Waldorf-style crafts and dolls with no faces and <laughs> building blocks that can create anything at all because there's no rules or instructions. So all that is great. But I think one of the things that parents struggle with so much is the balance between screen time, electronic gadgets, and kind of the tactile stuff. So where do you stand on kind of the balance? Do you find a value in electronic gadgets when it comes to play? Yeah, you know, a lot of what I talk about, especially in the book, I don't really talk about tech and I talk about screen-based play a little bit in the book, but a lot of it is creative from the child's own imagination and things like you said that can be anything. But what I learned reviewing toys, because I review a lot of toys, there's a lot of really valuable educational tools that are screen-based. Plus, there's a lot of just really fun games that you might not think, oh, this is an educational game, but it's just fun. And I think it's okay. My stand is we have children who are growing up in a very technological space. And if we completely take it out of their lives and make it something bad, I don't know that that's a great message as they have to learn tools on these devices and are in school now on iPads. They need to know a little bit of how to manipulate these devices and how to use them. So I am a big proponent of the middle ground of this. I do think kids need a lot of time in their own minds and imaginations. And one bigger problem than tech is adult-led 
play and activities, to be quite honest. I think our kids are shuffled from one adult-led activity to another. Meredith, you're getting controversial, but I, I love know. that. because <laughs> You're going to get all kinds of texts and tweets. No, but it's great. It, this is great because, you know, I hear you on the idea of child-led play versus adult-led play with air quotes. You can't see me hiding in my closet here, but I am air quoting. I have to agree with you. I think there's a lot of this, you know, we need to keep them busy. You know, they need to get college scholarships, you know, whatever the motivation is. And kids are shuffled around and don't have a lot of choice and a lot of free play. So I have to agree with you. We're afraid of it. Yes. A lot of parents are afraid of it. Either they're not doing enough for their kids if they're not involved in too many things. And also they don't trust their child enough to be able to lead their own play effectively. And actually, kids are incredibly able to do that. But we have to let them, A, be bored and be uncomfortable for a moment because a lot of kids don't know how to because they haven't had to, right? Yeah. They knew when they were very young because that is the way they learned about everything in the world. And it came very naturally. But you know, if they haven't practiced that muscle for a while, they might not be comfortable. They may think, I need an adult to tell me how to do this. Oh, it drives me crazy when my kids say, I'm bored. I'm like, that's every you, parent's You nightmare. can go into a park and like play for three hours with no balls, just like pretending to be someone. You're <laughs> bored? I'm like, you can be in an empty room and find something fun to do. They're the most creative kids I know. I'm bored. I'm like, don't give me that. Go find something to well, do. Well, you know what, Liz? I have to say that when I took away screen time from my kids, I did this this spring. So April to June, my kids had no screen time, like zero. Mm -hmm. They could text their dad and that was about it. We had movie night on Friday night and there was nothing. And I have to say there were more fights, more bickering, but holy cow, our toys got so much airtime. Those Legos, those dolls were like sweet because they were getting played with so much. So I'm with you. Screen time, definitely a balance. But also sometimes our kids just kind of need to be left with like nothing. Yeah. And I love that detox you did. We did. I saw that. Yeah. I love that. And you know what? Kudos to you because for parents, as you saw, it's not always pleasant for you. Are you kidding me? I didn't shower for like weeks, Meredith. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, seriously, (laughs) we're like, wait, why is this house so messy? I think that was the big thing for us, honestly, was like there was just more crap out and around our house and you just had to get used to it. But you know what? I thought it was worth it. So, So, you know. Well, and you just have to, as a parent, be be willing. So, Meredith, our listeners love toy and game recommendations and you know one of our favorite things especially as holidays coming is to seek out the coolest stuff for our holiday gift guides and I know we kind of attend some of the same press events and we we may have some similar ideas but you've probably been exposed to so much more stuff than we have are there any specific toys or games right now that you're loving especially as we start to move indoors yeah okay so I'm going to give you a couple specific things then I'm also going to give you some resources because I'm sure your listeners ages range so here's a couple tips One of the things I showed on one of my Today Show segments not too long ago, I just fell in love with, and it's from a brand called Antsy Pants, their build and play line. And here's why I love this. This combines sort of construction building with then pretend creative play. So you build it and then you play with it. And how old is this for? Well, it's, you know, I I don't always go by the age on the boxes. It depends if they have sibling, you know, a lot. But I would say for this one on their own, they could do it from like five all the way up to like 12. I would say 
just before preteen, especially if you have multiple kids in your family and they have mm. siblings that can kind of help them build yeah, some. We know all about that. But they're very easy to put together. And then I have to say, if your kids are into Legos, I really am digging the new um, sets from the Lego Friends line in particular. I don't know if your kids have any of the Lego Friends oh, sets. Oh, we have lots of feelings about Lego Friends, right, Liz? I'm a fan. <laughs> I, I This feminist mom is a fan because they're compatible with the other sets and they inspire creativity and no one says they have to just be for girls. And I love that the girl who owns the pet shop can be hanging out with Smeagol from Lord of the Rings and they yeah. can be taking off in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah. So my, I, I am a huge fan of the Playmobil line and I feel like one of the reasons why I always liked Playmobil was because it was so open-ended but also gave the kids such a great starting point, like a launch pad for pretend play. So, okay, I like those. And then you guys probably know hand, the Handmade Charlotte oh, line. Oh, love of, Rachel. Yes, absolutely. Are they still available at Michael's? The they craft are. Kits? They are at yeah. Michael's. Yep, I just yeah. saw them. I was there. Yeah, I think they're great. <laughs> and by the way, the prices are crazy. They're so good. Like you can get craft kits for 5 or $6. Yes, I think it's a great thing, especially if you're walking through like a craft store like Michael's that can be, even for me, and I love a craft store. There are people from whom I know like it gives them the shakes. It's like you walk in there and you have no. <laughs> Idea, but it makes it a little more palatable. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just going to buy this kit, and I know that it's going to yeah. work. Yeah, look you know? for the yellow boxes. It's a co-branding for between Handmade Charlotte and Creativity for Kids. Yeah, they're great. And then Lakeshore Learning. Do you guys know that? Um, Absolutely, company? sure. They have a silk screen studio. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <Five>. ah. <laughs> the age is five and up. I even think there are some four-year-olds with, like I said, a little bit of sibling help that could easily do these projects. But like in this one kit, they have it comes with a canvas bag so that you can start right away with one thing, but you could really silk screen on anything, sweatshirts, t-shirts. It comes with everything they need and it's very simple and it's really creative. So I love that. And then they also have something called a magnetic creation station. And I love this because my boys had something like this when they were really little, but it wasn't this extensive. It's a base that's a heavy magnet and then all these really intricate like tangram looking pieces. Oh, mm. love those. Yeah. And they all stick together on this base so there aren't pieces like if you're talking about mess this is perfect because your child can play with it on the tabletop on the kitchen island and this harkens back to my whole thing of doing a little pre-production this could be perfect in a play crate take it out of the box during that witching hour or dinner time or right after homework the way to sort of transition them in a playful way back into like home time is <laughs> through something like that. Smart. Let's talk about your day as you build with these magnets. This has been proven through research with boys especially. Girls are more apt to talk to us and, and tell us the emotional parts of their day. Boys really aren't. But if boys are doing something, they will start to talk as they're playing. Like I used to take my kids outside in our front yard, throw a football or throw a baseball back and forth and after about the first five minutes of me playing with them, and I would then I could start asking questions. And then they would start to answer me. See, this is so great because I know so many parents out there, especially with your tweens and teens, you're trying to find ways to connect with them. You want to be able to talk to your kids. You're stuck with this. How is your day? You know, we're all doing our own thing. So I love the idea that if you want to get your kids to talk. So play has so many more uses, right? It's great for energy release. It's great for your mental health, but also to be able to connect with your kids. Now, I'm curious, though. I mean, of course, we 
can play with our kids with all these. But do you have one more recommendation, maybe a game, a board game that families would really enjoy together, something that that you're loving right now? Yes, I do. So Hasbro just put out their retro line. Um, I think it was last Christmas. Have you guys seen that? No, but I love a game of Parcheesi. So. Okay. <laughs> you love this, Kristen. I was like giddy when I saw this. So first I got the press release and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I saw them in Target and all those games that we loved when we were little. So remember Payday? Remember oh, Payday? Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Have they updated it? Because I remember Payday. The jobs no. were like all stereotypical and horrible. Like, you could be a secretary or a <laughs> no, boss. Yes. You know what? <laughs> Actually, that's a really good question. I didn't pay that much attention to... You could be a job. freelancer. I had a, yeah, I had a feminist mom. <laughs> we are definitely... No, Payday is not like you can be a web designer. Like Social that's, media <laughs> consultant. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not happening. That would be awesome. That's that's not We should do that, you guys. Right here, an idea is born. Hasbro, we're coming for you. (laughs) But you know what? Think about it this way. This is a great way to talk to your kids about the way it used to be very stereotypical back in the day. You're just opening up that conversation as you want to play Payday. But Kristen, to your point of like for older kids, because I have teenagers now, you know, and I've seen sort of the play progression of what they wanted me to do to get with them from when they were little, which was play with me all the time, to... Uh, when they're teenagers, like, no, uh, we're not going to yeah. play a board game, especially with board games, right? Yeah. After loving video <laughs> games. But I bought for myself uh, some of these retro games for Christmas. I was like, my children need to know about these games that I loved. And because I could talk to them about when I played with these and I had sort of these memories and we could talk about it, they were so intrigued by those games. So if you're looking for a way to connect with your middle school, junior high kids, literally, because you're going to be excited about these, they're going to want to know about them. So I love that Hasbro line of retro retro games. And then tweens and teens, they love their digital games. And often, again, talking about us managing them all the time and sort of being the screen police. My least favorite job ever. My kids got used to me (laughs) being like the negative person all the time about screens, 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 screens. It was just negative, negative. But then what I realized was, listen, I need to find out what they love and why they love it. And I need to jump into that every once in a while and play with them and have them teach me what they know about those video games and show them that like I can have fun doing what they love to do as well. And you know, the ones that I keep going back to over and over again are the Mario games and the Disney Infinity. And it's really that those are the ones I like because you know, Mario to me is a retro game. So I can do Mario Kart and I can do Mario Party. I am a very bad video gamer. So at least I can like hold my own when those. I I love this idea. And Liz and I both talk a lot about making screen time family time. And there are so many video games out there that you can all play. I mean, I oftentimes feel like an idiot when I'm playing video games because I'm just not really good at it. I don't like the controls. I'm just used to like the old timey. Give me a joystick, man. I can can make (laughs) some magic. But to Meredith's point, it's letting kids be the teacher. And I think that's a wonderful way to think about it. And, you know, there's something really great for my kids when they're like, let's play Little Big Planet and I'm terrible. And they have to, like, tell me how to get the little guy to jump over the canyon and I'm awful at it and they're great. Like, it makes (laughs) them feel really good. They love that. They absolutely love being your teacher and sort of laughing at you. My kids laugh at me because when I'm holding the controller, I literally move my arms as if I, like, 
raise them up, <laughs> I'll jump. You know, so I'm like, I'm an idiot. Like, and it's hilarious. And they actually videotaped me once. And I was like, I can't believe I look like that, but I can't control my emotions when I'm playing those. But like, to your point too, Liz, one of the games my boys and, and we all loved playing was life. It was like the, the game of life turned into a video game. So everyone had to take turns. You had to do a spinner. It wasn't like, like Kristen, like you're talking about, you're like hitting the button a million times to try and get to jump on the cloud. Like it was more relaxed and we laughed so hard because, you know, in the game of life, my son Truman always ended up being the one who lived in a van down by the river. <laughs> With like 12 kids. I will always credit <laughs> Game of Life for teaching me the word boondoggle. That's how I think of life. Boondoggle. So That's listen, awesome. hey, first of all, Meredith, if you're going to look ridiculous playing games with your kids, I think there's no one better to do that than a play guru. So yes. cheers to you for like living your words. I think that's awesome. And also, I'm so glad you're going to stick around for Cool Picks of the Week because this was a great lead into that. So first, let our listeners know, where can we find you? Okay, so um, all over Instagram at Meredith Plays. And then I have MeredithPlays.com is my website. Of course, on the Today Show and um, Home and Family for TV. But yeah, that's where you can mainly find me. Yeah, look for the book review on Cool Mom Picks. And if you get it, just saying, page 201 might be the best page. Might might be. I don't know. I think it it is the best page. Um, and of course, listen, if you have questions for Meredith, you can tweet us and we can get those to her. If you use the hashtag Spawn Show, that's a way for us to find your tweet. We're on Facebook, too. And you can also drop us an email, spawned at coolmompicks.com. So listen, we're going to be back with our cool picks of the week right after this. We are so glad to welcome back once again. You know what? We've done this so many times. I bet our listeners could tell us right now, learn with Homer. Yeah, <laughs> but, but what a great thing for kids. I mean, I like I said, in past episodes, my six-year-old is using it and loving it, and I cannot wait to check her progress, Liz. And we love having sponsors, which are the stuff we love anyway, and we do love them. In fact, they've been a top pick of our favorite educational reading apps on Cool Mom Tech for a long time now. So it's basically a learn-to-read app for kids two to eight. It's fun, and it's proven to increase reading scores. What are you finding with Bridget right now? Well, she asks for it every day. I mean, like I said, she calls it that math thing, which I don't really understand why. And listen, we've been talking about this for several weeks, and she's still reading it and using it yeah, and asking she asks for it. That's for it amazing. All the time. You know what I figured out? All my other kids have to do these math programs as part of their school, and so I think for some reason that on the computer she thinks it's just called a math thing. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to clarify that with her this week. But yeah, she asks use it all the time. And one of the things we really like is that they take the learning offline. We've been downloading and printing all sorts of worksheets and mazes and puzzles, which is great when, you know what, when I cut off screen time and they're like, what do we do? They're like, <laughs> I'm like, here you go. Do here a maze, kids. Absolutely. <laughs> and when you're online, I love that it creates individualized custom learning tracks for your different kids. You can have up to four kids on one subscription. Kids can learn best when they're pursuing their own passions and interests. So if they like ballerinas or robots or chucks, they can find a pathway that will interest them. Yeah, and the price is really killer. So you can have a subscription with up to four kids. So that's basically all of my children at $7.99 a month or $79.99 a year. And that's less than $2 a month per child. So if you're looking at a tutoring center or workbooks, this completely beats that. And if you think about it, $7.99 a month, I mean, that's probably like less than the amount my kids want me to spend in like apps that do absolutely no good for them whatsoever. <laughs> that is a great So it's point. a really good price, especially for four kids. <laughs> and 
We love that listeners are going to get a two-month free trial. Yeah, you can give it a try. See how it works for you. So go to learnwithhomer.com slash spawned and sign up. You're going to get two months free just for signing up. How amazing is that? It is amazing. So be sure to check out learnwithhomer.com slash spawned and get those two free months. All right. Well, now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Meredith, we would love to hear. I mean, you gave us already so many cool picks, but maybe you've got one more to share with us. I have one more. And for this one, I am jumping out of the kid play space. And I'm going to talk about something that's going to make you comfortable playing this fall and winter. Okay. So I was thinking I really wanted to share something that I love and that I live in. Okay. So my cool pick is... The only sweatpants I will ever be found in, and that is American Giants joggers. And here's why I like them for play. (laughs) So, you know, here's why. Here's why. Because I can't stand sweatpants. I will wear yoga pants, but only to yoga. I don't really dig hanging out in sweatpants. But just like our kids have their play pants and their play outfits, I think moms and dads, you can get some too, need play pants. And these are going to be your play pants for the winter. They are awesome. I'm looking at them right now. They're cute. And they're not for giants, you guys. Just so you know, you don't have to be a giant to wear them. Because it makes me think they'll be giant sweatpants. They're more like, they're like kind of cuffed on the bottom. And they look kind of 80s-ish, right? Right. With like a little drawstring. and Oh, they look Yeah, I like them. I like those. Here's what I love about them. They'll make you look cute. They're very attractive on everyone. Well, and you look cute in everything, Meredith. Our, I mean, I know our well, listeners know, can't but... see you right now, but I've never seen you not look cute. I'll just put that Oh, well, that's so nice. But you're going to, and they're super comfy. I'm actually, I'm not lying. I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> that's perfect. You stand perfect behind now. it. I'm looking at them now. I really like these. I think my problem when I have pants like this is that I wear them out and then I'm like, oh, they're so comfy. I just kind of want to wear them to bed and then I want to <laughs> wear them to work out. So I, I like the idea of designating your place pants. I mean, we all have our party pants, right? So now we have play pants. pants. (laughs) Well, I love this. All right. Well, we're going to put a link to all of these things. Everything actually that was featured on the show over on our spawn page, head to coolmompicks.com. You can find that. All right. My pick of the week is a freaking Rambler travel mug that I can't stop talking about. Liz is like, really? I know you're obsessed with Enough with with the travel mug. It's the little things, ladies, that get me excited. So someone gave me this, okay? It was a gift. It's the Yeti Rambler Travel Mug. Mm. And you guys, it keeps stuff piping hot. Like, I cannot stand a cold cup of tea when, like, I didn't really want an iced tea. You know what I mean? Like, I set out to have a warm cup of tea or a hot cup of tea, and then it's cold. This thing keeps your stuff so hot, and the top is open. I don't even know how they do it. There's supposed to be, like, a double vacuum side. I don't understand the technology behind it, but it's amazing. And they do sell a top that is closed if you want to get that. But Liz... And Meredith, get this. Yeah. I need it not just for travel, by the way, because I'm the kind of person who like makes coffee, puts it down, gets caught up in 80 things, and all of a sudden I'm drinking cold no, coffee. No, no, no. You need it. You need to get this. Now, I'm a little obsessed with this cup. I'm not kidding you. Like, I'm like, where's my cup? In the morning, I'm like, where'd my <laughs> cup go? Who took my cup? Um, I just found an article in Food and Wine that it keeps ice cream 
like no. freezing Shut cold. Up. Are you Y'all. serious? Yes. Oh. And I, I haven't personally tried this, but I'm I want to try it. Wow, we should do that for I think work. We're gonna Kristen. try it on cool mom do, We should try that that difficult challenge now, and see what happens. Can I just make one <laughs> statement about this cup? When I was writing this up for cool mom picks, I was very disappointed to find that the only photos of this cup with humans was with these big burly men. What? Okay? Like I'm not kidding you, there's a photo of this cup on a cutting board with a big fish. Is it their way of showing you how big it is relative to like large man's hands? No, I don't think it's like banana for size or whatever the people do. (laughs) Banana for scale. It's not like big fish or burly man for scale. It's like they made it for outdoorsy men. So I have a bone to pick with Yeti and I'm telling you that there are women that love this mug. Take photos of it with women. Plus there's like turquoise mugs and stuff, right? I mean, they're not like they have pictures of boobs on them. No. No. So that's my only bone to pick about this mug. Otherwise, it's fantastic. That's my pick of the week. I love that. Well, I'm going to go in a totally different direction. Kristen, I know you know these guys. There is a website I am so in love with and I really want everybody to check it out right now. It's called Black Girl Nerds. BlackGirlNerds.com. That is a great name. Yeah. And actually, I was so happy this week to meet Jamie Broadnax, who's the founder. She's hilarious on Twitter as well. And really what it is, is taking the dichotomy that, you know, people of color traditionally are not supposed to be nerds or geeky, and certainly not if they're female. And she kind of throws that out the window. And they write about Game of Thrones and Comic-Con and all the comic release movies and sci-fi books, superhero dolls, basically a lot of the stuff we cover, but it's through the perspective of black girl nerds but it's really a site for everybody it's so funny plus i love their twitter feed at black girl nerds they do the most hilarious live tweets of shows you know if you watch star trek discovery or my favorite game of thrones and by the way if you've never (laughs) checked out the hashtag thrones (laughs) y'all it is the best thing in history fantastic or they'll do themes like the 80s and talk about war games and movies from the 80s so anyway black girl nerds i want to give them a shout out because i think they're so wonderful i love what they're doing and I hope more people find them, whether you are black or a girl or don't even know you're a nerd yet. <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. Well, that was a fun episode. I'm so glad Meredith was able to join us. And I hope it inspires more families to figure out more ways to have fun and play this fall and winter. Yeah, I'm going to get me some play pants. That is for sure. <laughs> and you pants. know what? Huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. And we love hearing from you listeners. Please, please drop us an email, spawn at coolmompicks.com. Tweet us at coolmompicks with the hashtag spawn show. Check us out on Facebook. And you know what? If you leave us a review on iTunes, everyone's happy. <laughs> you <laughs> guys, list, listeners, wait, true. we have to give a huge kudo to our listeners. You made us a five star podcast. So yay for you. We should cue some like celebration music. That's really awesome. And that makes us feel really good. We're just two moms trying to have some fun, y'all. So thank you for that. (laughs) And you know what? We should mention that if you have upgraded to iOS 11, the podcast app is a little different. And in fact, you actually aren't downloading the episode. You're saving the episode. So a little change in language. It really does help us when you do that. When you subscribe to our podcast, when you save those episodes, it helps other people find us. And we are so appreciative of that. So thank you for doing that. And thanks so much for listening to this episode of Spawn. This is Liz. And this is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.